Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com <laughs> This is Everything is Personal with Len May. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome once again to another episode of Everything is Personal. (laughs) With my co-host, as usual, Mr. John Small. Thank you. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Um, I got to say, John, great guest, and it's rare that we have... A person who is not only a cannabis activist and a user and uses it, but also as a patient and has some amazing stories to be able to talk about uh, medical, holistic healer, plant medicine specialist, uh, yogi, Reiki, massage, anything that has to do with healing and also a cancer survivor. So welcome to the show, Pauline Coinas. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you, Pauline, for being here. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> the sound effects are the best, right? <laughs> it's what it's what really makes us stand apart. <laughs> I read, Pauline. I read somewhere that it said intuitive holistic healer. What does that mean? Well, first of all, thank you both for having me. I'm I'm, I'm honored and delighted to be here. It's hard to to say one thing about really what I do, um, because it's, it's so, it's very encompassing, but an intuitive holistic healer in, in my term of the definition would be uh, number one, I'm a medical intuitive. Um, I've been doing this for about, um, almost 30 years. And, um, so basically that means that in the beginning, it was when I would get a hold of your feet, I could tell exactly what's going on in your body. Um, and now I can actually do it distance. Mm. Um, so that's been cultivating over many, many years. Um, holistic means that, you know, I, I really try to, to use uh, energy work and natural medicines. Um, and, you know, I'm not opposed to allopathic medicine. I really am not. I, I believe that there's a place for it. Um, but my own personal experience with my body and all my, all my patients, which, you know, run into the thousands, uh, I find that if we integrate uh, these two Eastern and Western modalities, we have a much better response. I'm really curious, you as a healer have worked for 30 years helping people, navigating them with plant medicine as well. And then you were diagnosed with, was a stage four ovarian cancer? Do, mm-hmm. do I have that correct? 
the journey of, you know, you're, you're helping people, you're healing, and now you have to go and do that for yourself. Can you describe that journey? I'm just fascinated by, by how that really works, being able to do that. Give it back to yourself. Unfortunately, most of us healers, we don't put it back on ourselves because, yeah. um, you know, a lot of times it just doesn't happen, you know, because we, we do take precautions to take care of ourselves. But when we are working with people, for instance, what happened with me, and I, and I believe this 100%, and, and it's a, a really cool story about this with my, with my uh, gynecologist oncologist who did my surgery. Lovely Lebanese uh, doctor, top of his profession. When I walked into his office January 25th of 2019, and he told me that, you know, that he was gonna have to do surgery with me, my best case scenario, was a uh, laparoscopic hysterectomy. And while being under the knife, um, they were going, going to take biopsies of anything that they could get out of me. And while I was under, they were going to biopsy them and see um, if it was malignant or not. I was 87% malignant hmm. under the, you know, hmm. But before that, um, you know, he, he, he told me that, um, you know, basically what he was going to do, you know, if, if, if I had cancer, he, you know, he was going to take everything out and then, you know, riddle me with, with carboplatin and uh, tamoxifen and whatnot. And in the meantime, before surgery, um, I said to him, look, doc, you know, I've been somehow my practice morphed into a cancer practice. I woke up one day about five, six years ago, and I realized that 65, 75% of my clients were cancer patients. Mm. And I, in, in retrospect and reflection about what happened to me, I realized that, you know, I took this cancer on. There's something called mm. transference. And it happens with all of us. Mostly happens with those of us that we're closest to because we mm. let our guards down. And all of a sudden somebody, you know, like my kids used to come in and say, hey, mom, you know, I really need to talk to you. And they'd sit down and they just, puke all over you about everything going on in their life. Right. And then you go, oh my God, I feel better and walk out. Well, that's called transference. You're taking on their energy and you know, you're know you giving them your energy back. So you're depleting mm. your chi as, as they're taking it from you, mm. right? And, and, and they're depleting you in every way. So, mm. so your system, you know, all of your energetic systems um, go down, your vibration goes down. And in return, what happens is you can actually physically take on dis-ease from mm -hmm. someone. Yeah. And, and I firmly believe I took 80% of this. Is there a way to shield yourself from transference? Yes, there's, there's many different ways. And, and I, and I did a lot of them, but I wasn't practicing anywhere near what I do now. So something called an octahedron that you can do. This is a shamanic tool that we use. So basically it's very simple. You know, you think about a golden light coming down from the top of the center of the earth down into, you know, your fontanelle, the soft spot of your head, all the way down into your spine, down into the earth. And then you bring it back down. You have it come forward about eight feet, eight feet out, eight feet sideways, right? And then you connect all, all of those, you know, octahedron is, is uh, five-sided, so you eight-sided, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, right. and you connect those all. And then you can put whatever you want on the ends, like, you know, a rose or you know, your favorite, you know, uh, animal or something, you know, just to connect it all. <clears throat> and then you say a little prayer, just, you know, please for universal force, connect me. Right. 
you know, and you can do this while you're driving. You can, you can do it over cars. You can do it over your house. Mm-hmm. And I do that, you know, when I'm with someone, even if it's just like right now on this podcast, because we have a lot of listeners, I continue to do that silently the whole time. Mm-hmm. You can also um, purchase things like this. A uh, very the dear friend of mine, her ex-husband makes these. He's an engineer. For those he- listening, what is that exactly? <laughs> <laughs> This this is a um, a, a very high charged. Uh, I don't know if you can see it, um, but it's a it's a necklace that will ward off certain energies. Right. Um, for instance, stones in general. Like the best stone that I could recommend would be a Tibetan black quartz. They're very mm-hmm. hard to find, but not only will it um, you know ward energies off of you. Um, it will not allow energies into you because a lot of stones will do one thing and not the other, like rose quartz or clear quartz, you know, they'll, they'll reflect, but they'll also let things come in like a gold, like a rose quartz. So, so Pauline, when, when you were diagnosed and and you went through all your procedures and everything else, did you then all the skills and everything that you have, uh, you have given to other people in terms of helping them heal? Did you then give that back to yourself? And was plant medicine part of that uh, process? Yes, I, I did do all of that uh, and more. When I was diagnosed, I like I said, I, I had been dealing with cancer patients for about five years. My partner's a soil biologist and he works with a lot of um, organic uh, cannabis farms, getting their soils up to regenerative organic. I asked him, you know, because I really wasn't in the cannabis field, but I heard so much from talking to him and other people, what this plant could do. Uh, So um, he invited me uh, up to Humboldt County, uh, California, and I got to meet some amazing people and be on amazing farms with, you know, people, second, third generation growers, you know, you know, Kevin Jodry and, and other people up there. It was just wonderful. And I spent 10 days up there and I learned everything from growing to the harvesting to, I mean, I was literally part of it all. And um, it it just, it made my heart sing because I had been seeing uh, amazing results with some of my clients. Um, For instance, the first client I ever had was a woman who had um, breast cancer and Mm. and serendipitously, there there is no, no such thing, by the way. Um, I was at a dinner party one night and she walked in, sat right next to me and I'm intuitive, right? So I turned around and I looked at her and I said, wow, you've had a really bad day, you know? And she looked mm-hmm. at me, burst out crying. And she said, Hot, why, how, how, what do you know? And I said, you've had a really bad day because what happens is, is I feel what's coming out of you. You and feel I, the energy, you feel the I vibration. Feel I, I feel whatever's happening to you. So for instance, he had just been diagnosed with, with breast cancer on the left side that day. Wow. Wow. And so when she sat down next to me, I had a pain in my left breast, you know, and it was piercing and it, you know, intuitively, I just knew, I said, you know, she's, she's got breast cancer. And so she looked at me and said, started crying. And I said, it's okay. It's okay. I just, you know, I want you to know that, you know, I'm getting some stuff in and you know, maybe we can work together. And she called me the next day. I immediately got her on um, some wonderful medicine and she decided not to do anything else. She was my first patient. 
she wow. decided not to do anything else. Within four and a half weeks, she went back for her CAT scan, PET scan, or um, ultrasound, whatever it was, and she mm-hmm. called me up. I have the voicemail. She called me up, and she was crying, and she said, oh, my God, there's nothing there. Wow. They don't know what happened. Mm, that's amazing. Um, so that was my first patient. Did you ever have any adverse uh, effects from cannabis? Because you were new to cannabis at the time. Um, <laughs> I probably know the answer to that, but I'm just asking anyway. <laughs> yeah. Did you have yeah. an adverse yeah. event of any it's, sorts? It's, it's a funny story. Well, it's not funny, actually. And my and I've It's had, funny now in retrospect. It probably wasn't funny then. My, my son thinks it's funny, but... <laughs> So, um, so about, I don't know how many, five or six years ago, uh, my son came over one night and said, um, Hey mom, you know, and he's, I don't know, he's 30 now, but he, he, he says, mom, you know, you never smoked pot with me. And I was like, Ethan, I can't, you know, it, 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 it makes me paranoid. It wigs me out. It just doesn't make me feel good. And he goes, mom, what are you going to get paranoid about? I'm your son for God's sake. <laughs> and I was like, Always right. Okay. I mean, if I can't do it with my son, who can I do it? So we went outside. I took one hit of this. And, you know, he said, Oh my God, I forgot. I have to go. He left like five minutes later. And here I am by myself. Well, I stood up and I knew, you know how you know when you feel you're going to faint, right? You just know that feeling. And I stood up and I went, Oh my God, something's seriously wrong. And I and I made it into my house. Now I've got I've got a stone house. My bottom part of the house at back down was stone. And I had a glass of water. I went to I thought I I thought I put it on the counter. The next thing I know, I was on that floor. I was convulsing. Whoa. I was oh, wow. literally like this on the floor. And I thought I was gonna die. I just thought, oh my God, what just happened to me? And wow. with, you know, all of a sudden I said, just breathe, you know, and I went into my yogic breathing. Yeah. I got my heart rate down. I have no idea how long I was on that floor. And I woke up to glass everywhere. My hand was bleeding. Mm-hmm. There was blood on the floor. And it was because I had an adverse reaction. Right. To mm. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad you're bringing this up because I, I think that, you know, people think cannabis and obviously, you know, we're all here because we believe in this plant and it, it's an amazing plant, but also it is a drug and people can have an adverse uh, uh, effect from that. So being able to, being able to know what's right for you, a lot of people just don't talk about it. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that have these, you know, adverse reactions, but they just don't talk about it. So it's one of the things that John and I want to do here is to bring people on. So it's not just rah-rah and we're smoking blunts all day long and everything is great. I talk about it. <laughs> well, yeah. You, I had a horrible experience. <laughs> I still get had bad experiences every so often. I'm not, yeah. But but not me. So I yeah, usually you don't. don't. So, so uh, and that's the whole thing. That's why it's it's a personal experience with everything. And also it depends on what it is that you consume. So, but that experience, did it deter you? Personal. Medicine yeah, did it, is very personal. Mm-hmm. But did it deter you from uh, trying it again? Or how did you kind of dial in? And what is the process? So you helped. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm leading her towards self-promotion. I love your company. And uh, I, wait, I don't know this story. <laughs> all right, all right, I'll I'll, I'll be quiet. Uh, Pauline can can tell the story. Yeah, when I got diagnosed, 
It was uh, January 2019. Uh, I had surgery February 6, 2019. They took eight organs out of me. Mm. And they told me that if I didn't do their chemotherapy, I would die in three months. Mm. Now, I had ten. I had a 10-day window to get my affairs in order, literally. Mm. And in that 10 days, um, well, lucky me, three weeks before that or a month before that, I, I was turned on to endocannabis. It was called something different than you call it now. I was mm. one of the early ones. And um, I went on there and I got your swab, I did your test, and I realized that I, I can only do a fingernail pull of THC, right? Because, you know, tetrahydrocannabinol is not agreeing with my body. Right. But high doses of CBD, and I can now do other things because I've uh, titrated up and, and, you know, got my endocannabinoid system built up. Right. But in the meantime, um, what I did was, uh, and I had been working with a lot of clients, patients who also couldn't handle the THC and, you know, mostly a lot of older people and, and, and another story, and I'll get back to what happened, but another story was I had a, a patient 72, a dear friend of mine, Parkinson's disease, been working with her for, 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 for five years. She was an avid she is an avid cannabis smoker of all of her mm. life. She's 72. She lives in New York. And this is where we have to get dispensaries on board. Yeah. So she goes to a dispensary in New York City. She tells them what she has. I have Parkinson's. They said, oh, you must have you take this. Yeah. She goes home. Now, here's a woman who's been smoking pot her whole life. She took one little hit of this. She opened her mouth so big to scream. She broke her jaw. Wow. Wow. Right? Now, these are stories that need to be told right. because these people are going into these dispensaries and, and they're not understanding. I mean, number one, the bud tenders aren't, aren't they need to go to the Ganji Air Club or something. I mean, yeah. people need to right. get educated. So that's so what happened to me was, as you know, before when I had that convulsion, I was like, okay. Everything I know about cannabis, and, and I did a test called the RGCC test up front, which, which showed that, and I sent in my cannabis sample that I was mm -hmm. using, that it caused apoptosis, which is killing of cancer cells, by 13%, wow. which in holistic medicine is a good amount. Yeah. Told my doctors that, and he still poo-pooed it, right? Yeah. Doesn't want to hear it. And so what I did was I titrated up suppositorily. Mm -hmm. and by taking this medicine suppositorily, it surpasses your brain and your liver. Now, there, there's a lot of controversy around this. A lot of doctors, like Dr. Russo, who was, who's a friend, and I've talked to him about it. He said, mm, not quite sure if this is really the way to go or if it's going to work or blah, blah, blah. I can tell you that my 13-inch scar from, my, from, my, from here to my pubic bone healed within four and a half months. Wow. I mean, inside and out, I have no scar tissue. Mm. We can't discount this anecdotal evidence that we get from people because there is not studies. And we, we can talk about literature and looking at animal models and doing things in test tubes and Petri dishes, but you are part of you know thousands and thousands and Living thousands group. of people 
that are living proof exactly what John said, that, you know, it's working for you. So no matter what the studies say, you know, living proof is living proof. And and suppositories, uh, I read all the evidence, same thing that uh, Dr. Russo was talking about and um, and Dr. Goldstein and all these doctors, we've had conversations, all of us had these conversations about suppositories, but I can tell you that I know people like yourself, many, 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 many people that have used this and had, you know, a positive response. So there's got to be something to it, even though the logical science is telling you, no, it's not passing the blood brain barrier. It's not working that way. You don't have the same uh, efficacy, but living proof is living proof. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I believe in this. As a matter of fact, I just spoke to a new a new patient yesterday who's um, second bound with throat, second bout with throat cancer. He, and he also had a prostate cancer about 10 years ago. And, you know, he's, he said, well, Pauline, you know, what do you think? And I said, I can't tell, and I would never tell, I, I never tell my patients or clients what to do. I just don't. They have to make the ultimate decision. But I say, you know, the surgery, which was allopathic medicine and this cannabis plant saved my life. And it also makes your hair grow. Well, <laughs> it hair. doesn't work. It doesn't work for me. I, think I, I don't need know to try that. I mean, we're both. I well, smoke. You have a lot of hair of on your. You have a lot of hair on your face. I don't even have hair on my face. I have nothing. <laughs> I'm as bald as a dolphin. I, I, I can grow. I can grow a good beard. That's true. I've, I've tried that a couple of years ago. I was in Spain. I decided I wasn't going to shave and see what happens. Uh, so it looked like a bald Hasidic Jew with a, a big, uh, a big beard that just grows in like three different colors too. I thought that was in now. I don't know. What do I know? It works good. for me. No, it works <laughs> for you. him. He he Thank wears you. it well. I look like Bert from Sesame Street when I'm bald. <laughs> so I keep my hair off. I keep my hair on. Um, so, Pauline, how are you doing hair, today? Singular. Well, how do I look? You look great. You're great. Yeah. Right? You, so if you yeah. met me on the street, you would never know. No, but... it's incredible. It's it's amazing. I had no, no, no I, idea. I, you, you. I love these stories. Yeah. Go ahead, John. Well, I mean, you said you lost how many organs did you say that you had to? That's incredible. It's called a debulking, and uh, that's where they go in. So a hysterectomy is five organs. They've mm. got two fallopian tubes, two ovaries, and a uterus. And then they took my cervix, uh, my spleen, which I'm not happy about, and something called the omentum, uh, which is the sheath, the, the fatty uh, uh, organ around all of your organs in your abdomen. Wow. So basically what they... it's. From what I understand from a very dear friend of mine who is his, um, his, his a surgeon, his surgeon and had a hospital, he said, he says, probably one of the hardest operations that you can do. He said when he was an intern, he, he, he never wanted to do that operation <laughs> um, because wow. it's, you know, not, it's difficult. They not only are they taking all the organs out, they're rearranging your whole abdomen. And then they, you know, they have to tie, literally tie your with your abdomen together <laughs> yeah. anyway but yeah i i still do uh cannabis i do a small maintenance dose mm. and, and because i i titrated up to the highest i could go right uh, on suppository was about a 0.45 of a gram mm -hmm. And, and and even then you know my family laughed at me because i literally walked around in circles you know like huh what's my name the next day, because I mean, I'm such a lightweight. Right. I know. I know people who can take a gram orally, and you know, and function. How they do that is beyond me, because they have a different system than mine. That, yeah, that's me. I can. I can do that. 
And uh, we would know that if we could see their DNA, right? We would understand. Exactly. You do your DNA and you can, you can see. Yeah. But it's, it's also not only what it is, but method of consumption is really important. So, you know, if you're a poor metabolizer and you're doing edibles, uh, you're going to have a, a really fun experience. And also not just the cannabinoid profile, you're talking about THC, but also the terpene profiles in there. So getting the complexity of this plan with the complexity of ourselves uh, that's, that's, you know, you need as, as much guidance as possible to really have that personalized experience. So I, I now, when I, when I am working with a new client, the first thing they do is get an understanding test because, um, because this way I can say to them, now we have something to work with, you know, and, and I can then personalize their medicine with you know with with what i'm what i have you know my cbd or you know whatever i have on my my medicine my medicine cabinet and then i can bring in the terpenes the right terpenes right um you know and we can get them from you or you know there's other sources i i tend to like to work with 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 run um but you know this is so important because then everyone has this personalized beautiful experience uh with this plant that that is it's doing so much good for our bodies did you forget what you were going to ask john no she kind of she addressed <laughs> it in her beautiful answer and the cannabis part of this is fascinating but when you talked about your empathic abilities yeah. i have to say I, my interest is also sparked and i'm just curious in your life has that been something that your whole life you've just had this intuitive ability or is that something that you kind of discovered later in your life? When did you discover that you had this ability to see things like that? Well, you know, we all have this ability, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Every us. Um, but it's, it's how open you are to it. And so I'm writing a book. It's called Cancer is Personal. Uh, a lot of this is in the book. And it's really, I think it started for me when I, when I knew that I could see things or think I was different as far as the society was concerned, uh, was when my mother passed away, I was 12. Mm. And she was 38. I always knew that I was being watched. I always knew that I had like this an amazing energy around me. I, I couldn't understand what it was. And then things like, for, for instance, um, I think I was about 19, I was in Boston. And I just moved there and I didn't know a soul. And I met this really shady guy. And, you know, I was, I was like, okay, I, you know, he invited me to this party. And, and so, you know, I'm a little gut, that little intuition said, probably not a good idea, but I was lonely and I was 19. Right. Mm -hmm. So I go to this, this apartment complex and I hear the music behind the door and I'm so excited. And I go to knock on the door and my arm goes back. Like, and I was like, no, who's that? nobody's behind me, right? So I was like, huh. So, you know, I went to knock on it again, but not only did my arm go back, my whole body was pushed back against the, the, the door behind me. Mm. And at that point, I just stood there and said, oh my God, you know, that's that. that I, I realized that that was my mother, that that was this force mm. that was saying, if you walk in there, you are going to be in big trouble. And I remember getting into my car and crying because I was so lonely and I really just wanted to have fun. Mm. But 
but that was a big lesson that, you know, always listen to that intuition. If you're sitting next to somebody in a bus, plane, airplane, and you want to move to the other side of the world because, and you don't know this person from Adam, right? Right. Listen to that. Get up and move because, you know, people can transverse that. I talked about transverse energy, yeah. right? And there are some bad people out there, unfortunately. Mm. And so, you know, just I think people need to be aware of learning your somatic self, learn your body because you are your best clinician, you're your best doctor. You know, these doctors, we put them on pedestals. And yes, you know, they go through what? 10, 12, 14 years of education, right? Mm -hmm. They spend a shitload of money to have that MD next to their name, right? I probably spent, I don't know. I mean, I'm certified in 15 modalities, licensed and, you know, I probably have a PhD, an MD and a God knows what. I'm still in school. Matter of fact, I'm being certified for the endocannabinoid system as we speak. Oh, cool. So, you know, I I really feel this, that if we listen to our bodies and we know our bodies, you don't have to be a doctor, but just know your body and listen. It will always tell you, always, right? If something's wrong. The best thing I could say is uh, 24 years ago, I was diagnosed with Addison's disease where your adrenals fail. Your adrenals are what what um, control your stress, right? Your parasympathetic mm-hmm. nervous system. So if you're on high stress for like seven years, which I was, right. really high stress as a single mother with three children, then what happens is all of your other organs will give your adrenals their life force, their chi, yeah. and then you'll start having these weird things like eye twitches and heart palpitations mm. and you know, restless leg, IBS, and you kind of go, oh yeah, you know, I twitch. Then you go, yeah, I got an eye twitch, right? But if it keeps going on for weeks, you better pay attention to that. Mm. You know, that's that's telling you something. Yeah. Yeah. There's no coming back from from Addison's per se. I mean, I was in severe adrenal failure, which is right Mm. before Addison, so I was lucky. Right. But that's stress kills. Stress kills. Oh, yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. Do you feel some people, like you said, everybody has the capability uh, to have this intuition. Do you feel people just suppress it in themselves, even though they feel something, but they're like, ah, it's nothing. I'll just go all my day. Right. Because we don't cultivate that in our world. In our society, it's just push through, get through it, you know, pull your bootstraps up and get yourself up and keep going. But in other societies, you know, they're like, look, you, you know, you sleep eight hours a day, you work eight hours a day, and you play eight hours a day. I mean, you know, you have to balance because if you don't, you don't pay attention when you're balancing, right? When, when you're sitting, say you have a little, you know, you smoke a little bit and you go out to the woods, right? Mm-hmm. Or you do a little mushroom or, you know, whatever. Right. And you alter your mind a little bit. And that, you know, I mean, I don't work altered ever. Right. But if I'm going to relax or do something like that, do a little bit of something, go out in the woods and see the difference. Right. Your peripheral vision gets bigger. Your hearing gets better. You know, you're talking to the plants. You're actually like, I hug trees. Like, I hug trees like I would hug you. Right. Love hugging trees. 
if people would just allow themselves to feel, and that's the word, it's feeling. Feeling, right. We move our lives with our minds, right? You right. move through your heart, with your, your life with your heart, mm-hmm. like you'll be amazed at what opens up. Being a person, like running a company and doing everything, there's a lot of work in my head. So having having that ability to be able to either use a substance or meditation or yoga, anything else to get out of the, my head and be able to connect with that and my energy is, is really, really key because otherwise you're not, you're not replenishing yourself. That, her phone agrees. That was the energy. You <laughs> validated what we're saying. So. All right. So let, let me just for the sake of time and everything, I, I we can talk to you for forever. It's really, really fascinating. But uh, I wanted to go over and and ask, uh, you know, the, the questions that we ask of our guests. So please describe your first experience with cannabis. I think you just did describe it, but maybe we can. Uh, you know what? Maybe we should skip that because That's you already son. answered it. Yeah. Yeah. You already answered it with your son and, and the glass and all that stuff. So I'll skip that one. I'll go on to a music question. John and I are both big music guys and we talk about music all the time. Is there a genre of music or an album or a song that's sort of like your go-to, not necessarily, you know, with cannabis, but like, this is the one that connects to you. Oh, oh, I I like so many genres, but I think for, for me and, and really chilling, like, like, you know, because I teach yoga and I do, I teach mindfulness meditation. Mm -hmm. Ashana. Ashana is an artist that just she's she just has a voice of an angel. Ashana. And Ashana. And she just brings me to this like I feel like I'm in another world ethereal. Mm. What what kind what kind of music is Ashana? I'm not familiar. Uh, would you say it's like a techno new age? God, I don't even know. What would Spotify say? <laughs> you always what have Spotify to, say? What would Spotify say? That's the next. That's the modern day. What would Jesus say? Uh, we'll, we'll we'll look it up. Uh, I'm curious now. What has cannabis meant in your life? Well, life, life. Mm-hmm. It has meant living. It has meant it has meant keeping me alive. Literally, that and fifteen other herbs. And we, maybe we should touch on that. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Uh, you can talk about uh, whatever herbs or anything else that you you think are, you know, part of that healing process. Cannabis is a, a plant, but there's plenty of other it's the plants herb. and it's herbs. The herb. yeah. the it's herb. the herb, yes. Okay. <laughs> the main herb. <laughs> My dream, which is in the um, sort of baby egg stage right now, is having a nonprofit organization where regenerative organic farmers, which we belong to something called DemPure, mm-hmm. and, and Dragonfly Earth Medicine certifies um, farms to become regenerative organic. And so if we can get all of these farms to plant a small plot of medicinal herbs, then we can then get them, have them processed and give, give them to people who can't afford them. Because I can tell you this, Nothing was covered under my insurance. Hmm. Wow. Nothing. Yeah. I mean, my operation almost was. Right. <laughs> wow. So my natural path, the herbs, and, you know, the herbs in the beginning were costing me almost $2,500 a month. Wow. So yeah. my savings was gone. 
We absolutely I completely agree with you. We, we definitely need programs to be able to support people with, uh, you know, we call it alternative medicine, but it really isn't. It's medicine. Expand your, your definition of medicine and put them all under uh, one umbrella. So I completely agree. This question is, uh, is an interesting question. Let's see if you, if you can recall. Please describe what your room looked like growing up. Um, so I'm a poet. So I started writing when, when I was 12, when my mother died. So I used to have uh, a lot of my poems taped to the wall, uh, Mm. that I wrote. Um, yeah. Very cool. That is not your, Uh, that's wonderful. No, I, I, that's why I love this question so much because it's so okay, interesting. You're right. Here's a good question. I give in. I, <laughs> John, I fought him on John's this favorite. question for years. <laughs> no, because, because I find it fascinating if people can remember, and some people don't remember and they're kind of which room is my college dorm or whatever room you can, because I think there's a, some personality that you're able to kind of get an insight in when you, when people describe their rooms. Some people have, you know, band posters. Some people have Bruce Lee. Some people have poems. And, you know, it says something about a person. Pauline, where can people find out more about you? Where can people contact you for your practice, for your healing, for your energy? And It's just my name, Pauline Coinis, K-O-I-N-I-S. Dot com is my website and my book, which is, I don't know if you can see that. It's called Cancer it's- is Personal. Yes. No, uh, that'll be coming out. We're doing all the final edits right now. I love it. I love the name. It's very similar to my book's name, oh, which is, no. yeah, Making Cannabis Personal. And and your podcast. Everything is, is everything personal. Is I was going to say that. Everything is personal. So we're all connected. We're all connected. And we so, didn't know each other before we, I had this name and no. he had his name. So it was no, just, no, it's uh, just, it, there's no such thing, there. right? No accident. I just, but yeah, just my name either at um, Instagram or um, Facebook or I'm, I'm kind of getting off Facebook. So Instagram and right. uh, Telegram, MeWe, um, you know, those sites. Well, Pauline, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. You're an inspiration and really, really appreciate your time and, you know, feel great. And yeah, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> so great to meet you. Yeah. To meet you well, too. Nice. And Len, we'll talk soon, I hope. All right. Yep, for sure. All right. Bye. Take care. Don't bogart that joint, my friend. Pass it over to me. That was interesting. Another interesting guest. Wow, what a life. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's so crazy that people suffer so much. And then not only do they suffer their health, but then their finances get depleted. Mm. Their relationships Horrible. are strained. You know, the stress, it, it, it affects like cancer is like that definition that it affects your life. Everything. Not just as a not just cellular, ease. but yeah, your whole. Existence. Everything. It becomes the whole thing takes over the cancer. It shouldn't have to, but I mean, she's, she's obviously, she's an inspiration. It's wonderful. Uh, so I've been doing a lot of hiking mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> I try to hike just about every day. And uh, one of the things I like to do is I like to medicate a little bit with cannabis before I hike. Mm-hmm. And I choose different types of cannabis and depends what I want to do. Like I have a routine and ritual. I listen to like audiobooks. 
So sometimes when I l- listen to audiobooks, I want to focus on what I concentrate in the book. So I don't have to w- think about hiking. I can just focus on the book. Or sometimes I want mu- I'm listening to music, so I need more energy. So I, I consume something that's more uh, with energy, and that'll help me, you know, physically. Yeah. So. I, you know, I, I try to kind of combine the two, the two because I, I want to know what the outcome I want to get. But the interesting thing about with cannabis, so, you know, the, the other day I had an experience where I consumed Girl Scout cookies. It's a cold water chemical strain of, uh, of yeah. cannabis. And I thought that I knew what experience I wanted to achieve. And I, and I really was conscious of it as, I, as I'm hiking and I went back. And I'm like, wait a second, Girl Scout cookies, I think, is an interesting cross. It's it's about a 50-50 hybrid, if I if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so I, I try to do research because there's no there's no there was no certificate of analysis, no test results on this batch. Uh, you have to go to a website from the lab. It was just a pain in the ass. So I went to Google uh, Girl Scout cookies C of A and I mm-hmm. uh, got the first site, it was Leafly. And Leafly came. And it was like, oh, it's a cross between an OG and a Durban. So I'm like, okay, so it's right in the hybrid. It's right there. And dominant uh, terpene profile is beta caryophyllin usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it's not exact, but it's usually. So I'm like, okay, uh, that should be pretty much right in the middle. And it's going to help me with my inflammation. And the secondary terpenes will uh, allow me to focus. I'm not going to get that, that energy. But that's not what the experience I got. Mm-hmm. I go, next link. The next link is like, Oh, it's a different hybrid. It's more of an indica dominant hybrid, and uh, the the dominant terpene profile in this is myrcene. Mm. I'm like, well, wait a second. Two sites back and forth is giving me completely different results. I go to the third one, and the third one had a different result. And that one said this one is linalool and limonene and more sativa dominant hybrid. Right. So. I was just like blown away. And I'm, I think that this is something that I, I, people need to really understand that even though it's called something, you have to go into it with intention, but just because it's got a name, three first three sites had completely different profiles and no test results on this thing. So just being aware of what it is that you want to experience. I already know what, what's right for me because uh, I'm a student. I, I understand my genetic profile. I understand my my epigenetics, not because I'm an expert, quote unquote, just because I'm a, I'm a, a freaking curious, insatiable student of the plant. And I want to know more and more and more and more. But we, as, as an industry, as individuals, we have to do better. I mean, we can't, yeah. like for me, I know where to look, but if I'm just Googling and I'm trying to figure this out, I may go into something with a completely different expectation and get, you know, completely different results. So I'm just, it's my little bit of a rant in a way that I find it really interesting that we can't get any consistency whatsoever, not even close, even though we have these regulations and standards. Right. So, let's- so what's the, is it, is it just the nature of the plant being that it's a natural plant, that it's not going to be the same every time? Um, this is an argument for why sometimes people want to have lab made strains that are consistent at the same time, or is it the way the industry is so decentralized that there's no it's hard to get like one central bit of information right like what uh, is combination it's like it's yeah it's a combination of several things so the first thing is the nomenclature i've always always argued this you're absolutely right john there is genetic drift it's a plant right it's a plant 
but fuck, man, you grow parsley. It's going to be parsley right. every single every time. time. You're not going to even not gonna wine. People compare it to parsley. wine where you have a there's different kinds of Cabernet, right? T Cabernet will taste different sometimes, but you oh, kind of yes. know what to expect. Yeah, you, there's going to be genetic drift. It's going to be. But, you know, the particular cap, you can't be that completely 180. It can't be yeah. completely different. Right. I have expectations from from a plant that is like you're going to grow a Girl Scout cookie plant. You're going to cross it and it's going to be within the realm of a 50-50 hybrid, give or take, maybe 45-55, depends on the terpene. Pro but it can be one says myrcene, one says limonene. I mean, it's the complete opposite ends of the spectrum. So this, this nomenclature, we have to get straight and we have to get you know our test results for everything, including the terpenes. That's one. Number two, having standards, centralized standards, having centralized lab uh, reports, and requesting and making it mandatory that everything is tested and marked, you know, this is your cannabinoid and terpene profile, and then having central places. So if it's Leafly, uh, and I'm not singling out Leafly, uh, there's plenty of others, Dutchies, there's all different kinds of companies out there. But if you're going to do that, let's make sure that all of them, every right, single one central, of them, that's a guy, yeah. let's all communicate. You know, and say, okay, we're gonna we're gonna say a Girl Scout cookie is pretty much a cross between three different cultivars, three different strains. You have an OG, you have a Durban, and then you have a third one. You know, people. I'm not a cultivator. People who are cultivators can then like tell me I'm completely wrong. But I, I think I have a pretty good within you know 80% accuracy on that. So if that's the case, there should be a common profile on that it shouldn't when you stress the plant all of a sudden it's not going to express mercy when it should be expressing limonene like for instance so that's really what i'm yeah what i'm proposing i'm with so you I'm, here here on that start one documenting these things because but when I, you said in the uh, when you initially you said i'm going to expose myself a little bit right here <laughs> i have to say for a few minutes there was a little bit of concern I, I didn't know I what you that, got excited. Yeah, I just I didn't know what that <laughs> I didn't know what was coming. So I'm glad this is what you were exposing yourself with. I was like, Len, we've yeah, known well, each other for a pretty long time, but this is uh this could cross a line. Yeah, this could cross a line. We'll get there. That would be the real Girl Scout cookie. <laughs> anyway. Talk about songs. Um, so we thought it would be interesting, right, to talk about our favorite songs about cannabis or that pay tribute to this wonderful plant that we talk about all the time. Yep. And um it's interesting, and during the course of this interview, I remembered that I could put this on my Green Entrepreneur, which is my the website that I edit, put it on our Twitter and see, and people have already kind of started responding. So in real time, I can tell you what other people are telling me, but, um, but I think that my list is going to be better uh, than anybody's list. No, I think your list is probably going to be pretty good too. I think we put our heads together and we're going to have some pretty good lists here, and I can also read to you from the Twitter uh, I'd, lo I'd love to hear. Yeah. So how do you want to do this? Do you want to go one? Well, let's talk next? about some songs. You tell me. And as we talk about the songs, I'm going to start playing them. And this is, can I go first since I have the song all yeah. queued up? Let's see if this song comes in. Mary Jane, of course, on my list. <laughs> All right, this is I love the Rick James. Venerable Rick 
James. James. Anyway, that is a great one. That was on your I list. I guess it had to be, right? Uh, it's on my list. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I kind of. I did my top ten, and so it's in my top ten. And then they did like, I couldn't keep it just a ten, but yeah, it's definitely on there. Tell me, love, tell me, love. what is the next one in, on your on your list? Because I, I went first. Okay, so on my list, I have Sublime, Smoke Two Joints, I mean, or the original, by the Toys. <sighs> she was living in a single room with three other individuals. One of them was a male, and the other two, well, the other two were females. God only knows what they were up to in there. And furthermore, Susan, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised to learn that all four of them habitually smoke marijuana cigarettes. This must be reefer madness. Reefers. Sublime. <laughs> Just a... Hey, you can use that bong hit yeah. sample for ours, right? Exactly. <laughs> I love. When did this come out? 1990. Mm, early, early 90s, because uh, Bradley died in 96, I think. And did then, you ever uh, see them in concert? Yeah, yeah, I've seen them in concert. I've seen both iterations. I've seen the original Sublime, and I've seen Sublime with Rome. You know that there's a whole controversy that his estate sued Sublime because to, because they were using the name with, with Rome. And Rome yeah. was a guy that was like a friend of theirs, and he could basically sing very similar to bradley and then uh, the the estate sued him and told him that they can't use sublime so what they did was they said it's sublime with rome so the band is sublime with rome i'm gonna beat you on to the punch on this one because i know that you have this on your list <laughs> right i mean how can is Black Sabbath Sweet Leaf, which immediately came back, came up in my Twitterverse. That was the first one I saw. Absolutely. That's, that's I mean, it's my, one of the my cl- number one. Yeah. It's your number one? Man, see, I skipped way ahead. You had a top 10. Well, no, I don't have, you know, what's that? You had it top 10 from 10 down to I, I did, but now it's like, it doesn't even matter because... Uh, At this point, um, they're all good. They're, they're all great. I mean, all right, so let's go to the next one. Since you already played it, uh, I'll just re- repeat it, and you had a cue before. I Let's did. Let's do uh, Peter Tosh. Legalize it. it. Yeah, advertise it. <laughs> Good for tuberculosis. I got, I got, yeah, it's, it is. <laughs> this is, might be one of my favorites. I don't even know what happened. Oh, this is live, live radio. Somebody uh, just <laughs> called in the middle of... Um, and told you that uh, you got the wrong song. Yeah, they're like, you're not playing the right version of this. That was actually the ghost of Peter Tosh telling me that you better pay me a royalty on this motherfucker. I know, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's probably going to come up. And, <laughs> that's going right. to come up. In our, yeah. The history. So this song is crazy. I was reading a little bit about this. And um, well, first of all, I, Peter Tosh, a former whaler. Yes. Also, this whole record, I, I, I read in Rolling Stone, didn't realize that that record that was on, which I guess is the record behind you, was all funded by a Miami cannabis dealer. 
back yeah. in the 70s. So, so this he, is the original, never opened, by the way. Oh, wow. Still sealed. Never opened. This is 1976. Wow. That is incredible. Yeah, I love I love that song. Um, am I up next? Yep. Oh God. Pressure. <laughs> I'm gonna go with this one. It's on my list. <laughs> All right. We gotta let it kick in. It's got the best beginning ever. Give me some brew and I might just chill But I'm the type that like to light another joint like Cypress Hill I still do be spit loogies when I puff on it I got some bucks on it, but it ain't enough on it Go get the S-T-I-D-E-S Nevertheless, I'm hella fresh rolling That is, I got five on it By the Loonies L-U-N-I-Z, Loonies By the way, since, yeah, it's on my list, obviously I wonder if we're gonna have any I bet you I have some that you don't have but All right, see. I have one but, that I know you don't have, but I think right. you're going to probably have. So you tell me what your next one is. Well, let's do, because since it was brought up in the song you just played, let's play Hits from the Bomb, Cypress Hill. I mean, <laughs> how could how could anybody not? I mean, there, you can probably take any Cypress Hill song. That's just the thing. About. It was hard with Cypress Hill. It was really, honestly, any reggae song. I was thinking you could, oh, look. But since you're doing Hits from the yeah. Bomb. Hits from the Bomb. That's our boy, I mean. Yeah. Shout out. out to our boy be real i like how we're yes. just boys now but i, I do feel like of course we, i feel we like are. We are. We're, we're tight we're, we're tight now we go back from 1990 <laughs> i mean you you're much tighter i'm just a newcomer to that to that relationship yeah, it's all right we're, we're all we're all a team now <laughs> i have a confusing song that may or may not be about um uh marijuana and you'll tell me because you always know um you always know everything about everything so i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna go with you on this one Here's my song that I'm not sure about. Is it? Is it about? I mean, of course, right? Of course. It's on my list. Yeah. It wasn't on any of the lists that I looked at. Great song. She grew up in an Indiana town, had a good-looking mom. Never was around, but she grew up tall and she grew up right with the Indiana boys on an Indiana night. All right, well, that is Last Dance with Mary Jane. Yeah, so there's another Tom Petty song called You Don't Know How It Feels. Yep. And that song has direct references to cannabis. Light another joint. <laughs> right, he didn't even. This one is like double entendre, you know. 
Mary Jane. Am I dancing with Mary Jane? It also had in the video, it was a woman. Yeah. Well, he didn't dance with a bag of weed. Like, uh, (laughs) well, uh, you don't know how it feels. He he dances with a bag of weed. such a shame that how many we've mentioned that are no longer here what's that i know how many of these artists aren't here with us anymore yeah it has nothing to do with cannabis no no cannabis uh, if he if he would have been consuming cannabis instead of the other stuff here we go i know i'm trying to see if i even if it's even um the song i was going to play you is even on itunes no i don't think it's going to be just mention that it's rolling another joint um, I do like this song, and this is a new. This is a okay. new uh, addition. Do you know this song? No, tell it why I'm feeling beyond. Hey, hey, I'm beyond all that fuck yeah. shit. It's a broccoli. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> I, I have a teenager, of course. <laughs> <laughs> broccoli. That's the. That's what they're calling it on the streets now. Broccoli. That's already old news, man. <laughs> it used to be rocking. Now they have a new. Yeah, news. now it's that's different now. Now it's uh, God knows what they call. This is Yachty, Lil Yachty, Little Yachty, not because Big Yachty already had a song. Yes. What do you got? Well, I let's go since you went new. I'm gonna go like the first. Oh, the the first ever. The first ever. The the probably oldest direct uh, cannabis song. Is it just called Reefer Man by Cab Calloway? Oh my God. What's the matter with that cat there? Must be full of reefer. Full of reefer? Yeah, man. You mean that cat's high? Sailing. Sailing. Sailing lightly. Get away from here. Man, is that the reefer man? That's the reefer man. I believe he's losing his mind. I think he lost his Nineteen thirty-two. That's incredible. Right? Oh yeah. Now is this? I'm so glad you brought. Hold on, it may not be. Let's just play it a little bit. All right. Are you going to mix in? Are you going to mix in the Mighty Diamonds? No, Shaimi, even the Mighty Diamonds is the real past the Dutch. That's the real one. It's past the Coochie. Oh, it's past the Coochie. That's the problem. That's the original. 
That's the and it's that's what they copied. They actually they actually yeah, it's called Pass the K O U. Oh, this is the real one. I didn't know that. See, I learned something today. I wonder if they got in trouble for the. I mean, of course, reggae is all. You get a um. Everybody a rhythm. stole reggae. Yeah, you got yeah. a rhythm. Like they have this rhythm, the dun 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 dun, dun yep. and then everybody does a hundred songs. But I was always told there was a lot of debate, and I probably should have done my Wikipedia research on this. But that past the duchy, duchy is a different thing. Duchy is like a collection plate, like that they would pass in church, and that's what the duchy was. But I don't know if just because it was a bunch of kids and they didn't want to make it. Be I think about it was pop. the record labels. What I read about this is that the original song is by the Mighty Diamonds, the uh-huh. one you just played, right. and it's obvious it's about weed. The label took it and gave it to. Yeah, Who's the musical band? youth. Musical youth, yeah. They didn't want him to use Coochie or whatever it is. Past the Coochie, the Mighty Dimes. Who knew? Dutchie, the way I always knew, Dutchie had, is a cannabis reference. I mean, it is. There is a company in uh, Oregon called Dutchie. But of course, yes. they just copied. <laughs> they just copied the, the <laughs> they song. They probably just heard the song. No, they did. I found we'll call out. ourselves Dutchie. Yeah. Um, all right. Here's one that I'm sure is on your list. Taking it from the top. Tippy. Sing it, daddy. Sing it, daddy. Those guys were so good together, Redman and Method Man. Yeah, there's going to be a versus, I just heard. Oh, really? Versus, Redman versus uh, Method Man. Oh, that's awesome. They just did They just did Raekwon and uh, Ghostface Killer. But Redman wasn't in. Was he in Wu-Tang? Redman was different. No, 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 no. He, no, yeah. he wasn't. Yeah. Um, he was, he but was he was an honorary member. Kind of... By the way, when I went to see Wu-Tang uh, for the 36th uh, uh, chamber anniversary. Yeah. They they brought up uh, Redman with them. Okay. Redman so they, did, they respect, they love Redman. He did some of the uh, ODB parts, I think, too. Oh, cool. Okay. Got to have somebody. I'm almost out of my. Um, well, anyway, you're you're next. Okay. All right. Let's do Bob Dylan, Rainy Day Women, um, 12 and 35. Yeah. Kind of a long beginning. It's such a long intro. That's a problem with playing the beginnings. Everybody. Walking on the street. They'll stone you when you're trying to keep your seat. They'll stone you when you're walking on the floor. It, it's amazing that he wrote that. I mean, is that because it sounds like a song that was written in like 1925 or something, you know? Yeah. I wonder if he took 
took an old like. 20s. I try to research. It's it's it's, it's original? original. Yeah, Amazing. but everybody, everybody, nobody knows the name of the song except like probably diehard Dylan people. But everybody right. calls it "They Must Get Stoned." That's that's not the name of it. The only song that we have not talked about yet that's on my list, and I really feel like mm-hmm. it ne- it needs to happen. Uh, I have a feeling I know what it is. Oh, really? Maybe not, <laughs> but I think so. Pauline said go with your intuition, so I'm going with it. Yeah, go with your intuition. <laughs> this song, is it this one? <laughs> you knew it. <laughs> I swear to God, man. I was going to say But we it. have to go to the end. Uh, we'll just start at the beginning so good. Da, 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 da. It's the motherfucking Deco Double G. Snoop Dogg. You know I'm hopping with the D-R-E. One of the things we have to do is we have to get to the ending. We gon' rock it till the wheels fall off. Hold up. Hey. Oh, my niggas who be acting too bold. Take a seat. Hope you're ready for the next episode. Hey. Smoke weed every day. <laughs> I just had to get, we had to do that. Um, well, I also had, I also had gin and juice. I had a I had oh yeah. A few, now gin and uh, juice. That I know that was on some list, but is that really about smoking weed? Yeah, it's he it talks about weed in in the, the lyrics. Okay, because it's you know a clearly also about gin and juice. Sipping and gin, yeah, smoking yeah. weed and sipping gin, gin and juice. Listen, there's um, so many. You missed uh, a couple of really really important ones. I did. Oh God. One of the most important, biggest weed songs is called. Kaya by Mr. Robert, Mr. Marley. If you don't have Bob Marley on your list, you're not even allowed to be represented. And yeah. in the Rastafarian culture. Um, I found the song that I also like that maybe is less okay. known to our, our listeners, and um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play it right now. And It's so good that it's not even on um, iTunes. <laughs> it's, you'll just have it's to wait. YouTube. It's called Bujo, Buju Banton, Give Me the Weed. Um, I'm give sure me the weed. weed. Do you know that one? I can't wait to do a reggae show. Yeah. yeah that's we are going to bring our, my friend on. He's super yeah. into it. You notice that we don't have any females on. Oh my God! What are? What's wrong with us? Amy Winehouse did a song called yes. "Addicted." I always feel bad doing anything with Amy Winehouse that has anything to do with drugs. Although we know it wasn't marijuana that killed her, but still, right. and she was wow. not addicted to to cannabis because no, it wasn't can't addicted be. to weed. I know it's a beautiful song. I love Amy. There's a wonderful documentary about Amy Winehouse. Incredible documentary. I love that documentary. Yeah. I watched it with my daughter. Yeah.
Winehouse addicted. What a yeah. tragic loss. Such an incredible talent. Yeah, we should talk about documentary. I found that to be fascinating and uh, it made me even a bigger fan. I'm already a huge I, fan. We should do our favorite music documentaries of all time because I am yeah, great list. so into music documentaries. There's been some me really too. good ones lately. Like the Bee Gees one was fabulous. Did yeah, you watch I, I that watch one? them all. Yeah, all I do too. Them, yeah. Are you Every dying to watch one. the Tina Turner one that's coming out? I can't wait. There's a Tina yeah, Turner. I, yeah, and there's a couple really interesting. They're not documentaries, but they're like biopics. There's one of Billie Holiday and there's one of Aretha Franklin. So yeah. I watched the Aretha Franklin one, uh, but we can definitely talk about it. Um, what do you think about our boy, our new boy, our new old school boy, get the reference, uh, Schooly D, Saturday night. I guess you could consider Chiba that. y'all. I mean, I mean, come I mean, on. Come on. What am I? What am I? <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I mean, all his songs in some ways, but that's the one that mainly shouts out. Um, that's it. That mainly some shouts call out. Some call it Shiva, some call it weed. weed. It's a thriller. It's a thriller. It's a thing that you need. need. Uh, I'm going to end with a, a really okay. interesting one. Okay. Uh, but we also didn't put on M-E-T-H-O-D Man. M-E-T-H-O-D Man. I mean. It talks about Takal and, yeah. you know, that's, that's. Yeah. That's so, we, so we have to skip this intro. It's the craziest oh, intro. <laughs> I love that. Intro. The intro is crazy. Elijah and I always, my son and I always talk about it. <laughs> From the slums of Shaolin, Wu Tang Clan strikes again. The Rizza, the Jizza, old dirty bastard, inspector deck, they pour on the chef. You guard, ghost face killer, and the. You just gotta mention everybody. Yeah, here we go. God, that's good. Right. I mean, it's craziness. I got, I got two more, and All I right. think I skipped one, but I got two more because of the sake of time, we'll, we'll let it go. But uh, the first one that you didn't mention is a very controversial, but a very, very well-known song around cannabis by Afro Man, yes. because I got high. Here it is. Roll another blunt. Yeah. Is this really about cannabis? I, I would never know. I was gonna clean my room until I got high. I was gonna get up. That is like the most high song I think I've ever heard in my life. I, I know. It's every you know what? What's Twitter saying? I don't know. There's a guy right now trying to deliver weed to my door, and he's been trying to call every five minutes. <laughs> this is this is the life I lead right now. Uh, should give I, you something should to get I get it? it? I... No, hey, give, somebody... give me your weed. I'll, I'll, I'll talk. All right, you talk. This is John getting his weed. Okay. <laughs> this is this is in real time me getting my weed. Yes. All right. So Kid Finesse went to get his weed. I actually did the same thing yesterday. I ordered 
from a, a company, it was great because I could use an app and that app showed me exactly where the person is going to be, uh, what to have. So I think John probably didn't follow the directions in the app to tell them an exact time that the person who delivers weed should be there. So I think that uh, with technology really progressing, this is the future. This whole thing with uh, with dispensaries, how cannabis is going to be distributed, I really believe that it's going to be all delivery at some point so, and delivery on demand. Look what this just arrived. Oh, it's a beautiful box. Isn't that nice? So somebody, um, this is a company called Raw Garden. Yeah, Every love so Raw often Garden. I get um, some products sent to me. And uh, yeah, Raw Garden has really good cannabis, by the way. If they want to sponsor the show, we can even talk in, about it even more. Yeah, Raw Garden. <laughs> in fact, I won't open this until you guys sponsor the show. Uh, <laughs> no, open it. This is a reveal. Show. Look, it, it's uh, this is the hmm. box. Can we see it? Um, so did you have a really interesting conversation with our audience? I did. I talked, uh, I talked to the audience about the future of uh, cannabis, I believe, is going to be on-demand delivery with an app, the same way that you get Postmates, Grubhub. But I, I got it yesterday. Uh, they send you a link. You follow your delivery driver. They tell you exactly what to get. The only difference is you have to pay in cash. That's oh, the only thing. But it, okay. it is what it is. But it was. it's a the great process. Of, the future of, of delivery. On-demand cannabis delivery is going to be all dispensaries, are going to be just vehicles, uh, dinosaurs. I yeah. feel everything is going to be delivered. Like and when, when Amazon gets their their hands in it, which is going to be soon, you'll have drone delivery of cannabis uh, on demand on Prime. Uh, so I already played this before. It's uh, Champagne and Reefer by Muddy Waters. And the reason you played this for me is because you were trying to get me to like blues, blues. And I liked this one, I think, because yeah, this was a little bit old for All you right. sounding. Okay. All right, Muddy, Go. talk to me. Talk to me, Muddy. <laughs> That's good. I like it. Uh, Mud's the best, man. Mud is the best. All right. So I got my last one I'm going to end on. And then, uh, you know, we can do like a have you heard whatever. But okay. the, the reason why I saved this for last, because I think it's such a interesting combination of people that, that sing this song. Uh, so the song is called Roll Me Up and Smoke Me When I Die. I wonder if you know who this is. Well, you're going to look it up so you'll know who it is. Wow. Roll Me Up. And yeah. smoke me when I die. Roll me up and smoke me when I die. <laughs> and if anyone don't like it, just look them in the eye. I didn't come here and I ain't leaving, so don't sit around and cry. Just roll me up and smoke me when I die. Now you won't see no sad and teary eyes. Willie, he's a genius. When I get my wings and it's my time to fly. I would recommend our audience really listen to the song because it's got Willie Nelson, 
Snoop Dogg, Chris Christopherson, and somebody named uh, Jamie Johnson. Who I don't know who that is. I'm, I apologize. But That's Snoop awesome. and Willie and Chris Christopherson. I mean, it's fantastic. It Roll me up and smoke me when I die. It's great. And they probably all will have that on their tombstones. Oh, that, I think that's the best. That's beautiful. Yeah. Before we do the, have you heard? I'm, I wanted to ask you, what is your opinion of Delta 8? I am just learning about Delta 8 and you know so much more about this. Do you think it's legal? Do you think it's legal? I mean, it probably shouldn't be legal. I mean, it should, everything should be legal. But given the, the fact that Delta 9 is legal and they're very similar and that people are now selling cannabis with Delta 8 in it saying that it's legal yeah. and it's a little bit of an issue. I mean, there's yeah, Delta I, gummies. It's a loophole. We let's should do definitely an have an episode. On. Yeah, and let's we can do bring an episode on your friend. Of that. <laughs> yeah, the pharmacist. Yeah, Cody. Cody. Yeah, Cody. Yes. Anyway, I'm about to do a podcast on that. So yeah, you, you should talk to him about should... it because he he really knows about it. But as a public service announcement, I feel like I owe this to the to our audience. Yes, please do. It is a process. Like it does appear in the plant, uh, but as the plant degrades and converts. It converts to different types of things. Like CBN is also a degradation of THC. But the way that people make uh, Delta-8, there's a process. You do add heat to it and you do add pressure to it, but also it's an isomer. So what that means, it's a little bit of a different manipulation of the chemical. One of people that hear is people add actual chemicals to their CBD isolate to be able to convert that from Delta nine down to Delta eight. And people should really, really understand there's acidic alumina silicate. There's a whole bunch of different things that people are adding to that. So be really weary and be aware. We have no idea. We don't know anything about it. Manipulated, uh, you know, conversion does within our bodies, but also the legalities of this, this is our part of the cannabis plant. Uh, I know that it's sort of this thing because you you can get it from CBD and a CBD is part of the hemp bill. Right. Just be aware. I don't know. They're not enforcing it, but. Right. You know, That's the thing. It could get you high. And if you don't think. Delta nine. Yeah. I'm not trying that stuff without knowing that it's been tested. I, I've, I've tried it several times. I, I didn't have any real experience with it. Like it didn't really do much. Right. For but me, you're so. like a heavyweight. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. <laughs> not at all. If I if I sit with uh, uh if I do one of those uh you know be real or yeah. uh, you know those uh, the, the heavy THC yeah. yeah I mean there's no way I can survive that probably. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so I'm gonna play this for you without saying anything and then I'll tell you why I'm playing this and then uh, a little bit about it. Okay. Ready? Mm-hmm. Smell a sweet oil twat. Too high. 
this is this is the Sleaford mods. Yeah. It's called Mork and Mindy, featuring Billy Nonmates. They are a duo that's formed in Nottingham in 2007. And I found it really interesting because he's got a really specific accent. And the reason what why I did it? this is because we did this British rap. We talked about the streets. I really love British uh, rap, uh, hip hop. So his you. accent is called an East Midlands accent. I find it really fascinating. I, I love that. I, don't you love how like there's all these different accents? It's so cool. Well, when I lived in Northampton, I couldn't understand what anything, anything anybody said to me. I think it was that East uh, Midlands accent too. Did um, anybody on Twitter uh, say we missed any songs? I'm just curious. Oh, yeah. Let's go on to Twitter. Maybe that's a song. I got Mary play. Jane by, oh, Hire by Kid Cudi and Chip that's... the Ripper. Hire by Kid Cudi. Somebody said I that. I know if I know that song. Another said Medication by Damian Marley. Yeah, I love that song. That's um, a beautiful song. Hate the Toys, Leave Us Pot Smokers Alone. You were going to play that hmm. before. Oh, International Herb by Culture. And, I mean, there's um, there's got to be every single, almost every single reggae song mentions, uh, you know, cannabis at some point. <laughs> um, so, wow, what a good episode. I mean, people really Action got their pack. money's worth. This has been a pleasure. Right. Thank you for opening my mind up to all sorts of new things. I appreciate it. Everything is personal. All right, brother. All right, man. Peace. Peace. Got to So good in my neighborhood, so here I come again. Got to have Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Are you looking for the next great cannabis business to invest in? Then you need to check out the MJ Bulls podcast. Hi, I'm Dan Humiston. Join me each week as I speak to both cannabis entrepreneurs who are raising capital and cannabis investors who are investing capital. Our 10-minute episodes are perfect for the busy investor. Start listening to the MJ Bulls podcast today, wherever you listen to podcasts, and who knows, maybe you'll discover the next cannabis unicorn.